Hello and welcome to this post-trade deadline edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close here along with Jeff Mosher. And the trade deadline has come and gone. The Phillies are a game and a half behind the Mets, which is unbelievable, of course. In any other division, we wouldn't be talking about this, but the Phillies made some moves. The Phillies are in it. So here we are. So Jeff Mosher, how are you today? Oh, I'm just wonderful, Frank. And yes, who would have thought... Uh, besides everybody in the world, that the NL East would be so bad that the Phillies would be in it all year long, despite hovering over and under 500 for most of the year. So the Phillies make a few deals. Some of them are, well, I will say they're all kind of helpful deals, right? And uh, by the sure. way, I, I not not to before we get into the specifics here, I would say overall, Don Browski had a nice little mix of helping right now slash helping in the shorter term mm-hmm. future but in the future and at the same time long-term future so so very interesting trade deadline indeed because you know when when you often are the quote-unquote buyer and dave dombrowski had said he'd be a buyer for some time so he kind of and i in fact i even wrote about it i think I, no i tweeted about it right that he put himself out there he said we're buyers so mm-hmm. as fans approached the deadline they were getting nervous and you know he'd already kind of made that commitment so he had to buy and so let's 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 talk about some of that buying. So the big deal, of course, would be the one in which the Phillies send out Spencer Howard, right, and two other prospects. Uh, I guess the, the more notable of the other two was Kevin Gowdy, someone they drafted in the second round, the in the Mickey Moniak draft in mm-hmm. 2016. Mm-hmm. But they get back Kyle Gibson, the Rangers' opening day starter, who was six and three with a two eight seven ERA, and they get back Ian Kennedy, who I think is our age, Jeff. Uh, which is really old in baseball years, years, but, uh, but happy birthday, by the way, Thank you. <laughs> your birthday was yesterday. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, so, but, uh, but Ian Kennedy up there in years kind of been serving as the Rangers closer. And on top of that, they get back somebody who immediately became the Phillies number four prospect in the same deal. So Jeff, why don't we start with your overall reactions to this deal as you saw it unfold? My overall reaction was um, that it was, yes, the Phillies were buyers. Uh, the Dodgers, they went shopping on Saks Fifth Ave. The Phillies, they went to Coles. But that's okay <laughs> because the one thing I wanted from this trade deadline was for the Phillies to try to improve themselves for the short term without jeopardizing the long term, meaning I didn't want Mick Abel traded. I didn't want Alec Bohm traded. I didn't want any prospects uh, uh, down on the farm who we think highly of right now, which is basically what Abel and um, uh, Stott, right? I didn't want those guys traded for anything because I just, (laughs) I think this team will not have long-term success if they don't start to learn to develop players. But I definitely felt that they improved themselves. They got a pitcher that eats up innings that they desperately needed. Um, They got a a closer who's more reliable than any of their closers who are currently uh, on the team, and they got a defense infield defensive upgrade by bringing in, uh, bringing back Freddie Galvis. So all that's good in the short term, and if you look at it sort of myopically, right, it gives them a chance to compete in a bad division. What I, I what I what signals to me more of a long term disillusion with this team, and it's really not Dave Zimbrowski's fault, is that Spencer Howard should have been a good number three by now. You would have liked to have seen that from what we remember about him two years ago coming onto the scene, but he yet becomes another example of a pitcher that the Phillies 
did not have a good plan for and did not develop well. So now they have to go out and get somebody else's good player like they've done with Didi, like they've done with Bryce, like they did with McCutch. You know, we've talked about this. And that player has a high price tag next year for what he is because for his career, Rodgers is not what he's doing this year. So you just never know what, what you're going to get next year from him. And so, you know, does does now Spencer Howard go to Texas and become like a Cole Irvin? Does he, you know, does he become a pitcher that the Phillies get rid of who who does well somewhere else? doesn't even matter. The point is that they're, they're just never able to seemingly develop pitchers. And that pro- part of the problem has yet to be solved, but that will be Dombrowski's issue going forward after this year. All right. So let's talk about Spencer Howard, because I think it was very interesting to watch this unfold. So I was actually at a, a conference for my day job the, the last week and I had my laptop and I was sitting in the airport actually, as this trade deadline was going down and, um, What's way early I got, day job just well, kidding yeah Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> i got there way early just to work on the trade deadline for for the various websites and stuff but um but people seemed at first upset about spencer howard being traded thinking that he was still something that would be a piece for the future so so kind of to react to what you just said was spencer howard a failure to develop was he maybe just not that Good. Now, 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 I guess we have to, to frame that, as you said, that it wasn't Dave Dombrowski's fault because he's been here, you know, just several months. What's it? Eight right. months at this point, not even eight right. full months. So, so. So what are your thoughts on that? Is, is that is that do you feel confident that he's not going to develop? Do you feel like he could develop or I mean, could, look, could the Phillies have messed him up so bad that 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 he's never going to be anything? What do you think? I'm willing to accept any any hypothesis right now is credible that he's not that good or that the Phillies ruined him, or that it's a combination of both. Because I think the track record, the recent track record, says that the Phillies have just outright missed on some guys. And the recent track record also says that you can find some former Phillies pitchers doing better for other teams around there. So that it's more of a Phillies fault than a development fault than a miss on talent fault. So I'm willing to accept anything. I, I think my eyes tell me, this that my eyes told me that Spencer Howard really has some good stuff and for one or two innings he shows you that he's got good stuff now why he gets he loses velocity whether it's him being in bad conditioning or not being developed right or not stretch I, I don't know and we'll find the answer to that in the future but I don't think there's a misevaluation of talent there because when he's got his velocity up and when he starts a game he looks like a pretty darn good pitcher so here's what he had to say about this. So this this comes from NBC Sports uh, from uh, Adam Herman. And he, he, he actually kind of points out that Spencer Howard doesn't feel too sad about the trade. And, and here's what he had to say. He said, I was kind of all over the place for a bit. And then they sent me to Lehigh to build up and get my pitch count up to an actual starter's pitch count. And then Zach Eflin hurt his knee. So I just filled that role. And I'm not sure that if that was planned to go back and do the 85 to 100 pitches in the big leagues or that was forced Mefflin, he said, but for the most part, it was starting and that's it. Yeah, it was fine. To, tough to find a routine in there. I did my best to focus mainly on what I control. And then he goes on to say, basically, like, um, I'm very happy to be here. So it, it sounds like uh, he he recognizes the Phillies were in a bind, but if it, for me, he they're in a bind because he he really couldn't step up and 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 show that he could throw five innings in the major leagues, right? I mean, 
That's uh, correct. The unfortunate thing too is that uh, another prospect missed in Adonis Medina. You know, remember, remember the two of them were two of the top three prospects My in the Philly system. Yep. Adonis Medina just kind of fell off the face of the earth and then got hurt. He finally came back last night, pitched a couple scoreless innings for Lehigh Valley, but the Phillies had nobody at AAA to call up. So they, I just, when I think back to Spencer Howard, I think the problem was they, this, this sense that, well, he's a good pitching prospect. So we have to baby him. So we've got to, you know, we can't throw too many innings. So then, so then he spends his whole minor league time not really throwing innings, and then he gets to the major leagues and can't do it. I mean, that just – it seems like the natural outcome, right? I mean, yeah, I know – So it sounds like you're saying it was a developmental issue more than maybe. an Maybe. I mean, challenge. it's hard yeah. It's hard to say because I couldn't – you know, as this trade unfolded, I just couldn't confidently say one, one way or the other what the hell Spencer Howard is, right? Right. I mean, is, is he right. a starter? Is he a reliever? Is he going to be a good starter? Is, is, does he, is he not cut out for it? Because, you know what, for all I hear about – his his speed and movement. Everybody throws fast, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what we are right now in the major leagues. Everybody throws fast. So that enough is it is isn't it for me? But um, and he doesn't even really throw that. It, to me, it was the movement on his pitches you know, that yeah. you would see in the first two. I mean, he had some really lights out off speed stuff. Right. So, but never got him anywhere. So no. so 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 I think. But here's the here's the neat thing. I think this. I think. I think there's the potential for this to really work out for the Phillies. I mean, Hans Kraus, I don't know if you got a chance to really look at him pitch. He's got some of the funkiest windups I've ever seen. And uh, maybe he's got the potential to keep hitters way off balance uh, because they, they, they (laughs) can't follow (laughs) that windup ball coming out of the (laughs) windup. But the fact that, that immediately Hans Kraus is your number four prospect. You know, I think the Phillies are, are between that. They picked up Tyler Phillips on waivers, uh, South Jersey guy went to Bishop mm-hmm. Eustace. Um, they're going to have a couple guys at AAA that hopefully next year can be guys they turn to uh, in that rotation. I mean, they 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 just had to get some starters, right? I mean, yeah. just just to stash yeah, that, down there. That's so, why you have to hope that that not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but that with Dombrowski here and their new uh, farm director and scouting director that they brought in, that Brian this, Barber, that, yeah, Brian Barber, all the development issues from the Clintac McPhail era are past and. I don't blame anybody for not you know, for, look. Some I'm not going to blindly say their past. I'm just going to hope that these guys do a better job than the prior regime. But I don't know that they will. I don't want. I hope we're not talking about Kraus and um, Mick Abel the same way we were talking about Medina, Medina and um, and Spencer Howard a few years ago. So the Phillies get in addition to a prospect, which I which I which I'm still impressed about. They got they 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 managed to get a number their number four prospect in the system. Mm-hmm in the same trade, but they get Kyle Gibson, who, you know, he's been a solid major league pitcher, right? We, 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 we did get one good start out of him so far. Right. Yep. But, but they, how badly did they need him? They needed, you know, they obviously needed someone to be a three and honestly, they needed someone to be able to eat innings and with, with Aaron Nola struggling, they needed, you know, someone a little bit more and, and with Eflin hurt, they needed someone more reliable uh, and they were able to get him. Now, the question is, you know, you're getting a guy, as you mentioned, who's had a, a good career, but it sort of depends on what year. For example, I think last year he struggled. Obviously, you almost throw everything out 
last year because of the COVID year and the shortened season. The year before he was all right with Minnesota, 484 ERA. Got him a three-year deal with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, you, you it, he's got a weird stat line. Like, there are a couple of years where he's got an ERA over five. There's a couple of years he has an ERA under four. So if you average that out to, I think his career ERA is um, – uh, something like four four one four four right yeah four four one that's that's not bad I mean that, that you'll take that for the Phillies right now knowing that you weren't going to be in the hunt for Max Scherzer you weren't going to be in the hunt for uh, Jose Barrios because you weren't giving up anything more than Spencer Howard so this is part of the hoping you just hope that that um Rogers is kind of I don't want to call him Gibson a savior, you keep calling him Rogers Gibson Gibson I know I keep calling him that. you hope that <laughs> Gibson is keeps keeps you afloat. That, that's what you, you hope he's giving you what you need him to give you. So, you know, somebody, somebody like him, now, he has an interesting staff for this year. So he was the opening day starter and he just got rocked on opening day. It's right. <laughs> kind of funny. He only lasts a third of an inning, gives up like five runs. But since then, he's averaged six and two thirds innings every single start. I mean, how, how big would that be for this Phillies team? That's exactly what they need. Now, I did notice that in the month of ever since the sticky stuff, started to crack down. He had two not so great starts, but they weren't terrible. It's not like it was a complete implosion, you know, like Garrett Cole had one of those <laughs> right after where he right. gave up like eight runs in two innings or something like that. So, uh, and, and he's also had a couple of good starts where you, where you'd have to think that, you know, if he was really using the sticky stuff, he would just be bad altogether. Um, and then he came and, you know, we saw what he did on his, in his first Philly start, which was much needed. So I think that he gives you what you need. Hopefully Eflin can come back and be be that four, that three, four. And then it'll be interesting to see, Frank, what they're going to do with Ranger Suarez now. Now that he's not the closer, he was kind of an opener <laughs> the other night. Um, I, I would love to see him start to get stretched out to be a five. I mean, you and I have hoped he'd be in the rotation at some point for like two years now. So that's, that's where he to- belongs, by the way. He's not as nice as it was. He does not have the arsenal that you want from a closer. He seems to he seems to be set up for that. Now, yep. the interesting thing was, of course, last night when the Phillies, uh, Ian Kennedy unavailable, Phillies needed a couple innings. I, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have Ranger Suarez in the pen right now for that? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like they're going to miss him in the bullpen, even though he's he's in the rotation. And and by the way, the shame of it is uh, Bailey Falter, Dave Dombrowski came out and said he was set to be in the starting rotation a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Velasquez would have been out of town sooner. But Falter tested positive for COVID, mm-hmm. was not vaccinated, got hit with it pretty hard. And so now he's kind of lost his shot. So, um, you know, and that's it's, tough because he was performing well. I mean, he was a guy who you, they were starting to rely on. Hey, and I'll tell you this, like major leagues, there's no guarantees. So like if, you, mm-hmm. if you're going to take the risk of not getting vaccinated, well, that could derail you. I mean, let, let's face it now. Of course, there wasn't a vaccine when Ranger Suarez got it. But look, he's finally right. starting now. He was poised to be the fifth starter last April. Mm-hmm. And it took well over a year for him to get another shot at the Phillies starting rotation. So uh, kind of kind of perhaps a lesson out there. And you got to hope to cross your fingers that there aren't any more COVID issues because I don't think they can handle an Aaron Nola or somebody um, being out like Falter's out because uh, because Falter going to hover. Yeah, it's going mean, to hover it, over him for the rest and, of the season. And even if Falter wasn't in your in your rotation, he was in your bullpen you'd feel a lot better about things right now, right? Because right now they have Jose Alvarado as a lefty and that's it. And I don't count Matt Moore because mm-hmm. Matt Moore is just sort of taking a bullpen space right now, which 
I got to think this fifth day with Chase Anderson, he's going to he's going to have more to piggyback him. So hopefully for their seven million dollars, they can combine mm-hmm. for for one starter, like to be one starter instead of just signing a more reliable seven million dollar starter. <laughs> but we, we've been through that to death. But yeah, they got a couple of guys whose roles I'm not quite sure of. I mean, I thought Aniel De Los Santos was a mop up man because I'm, I'm still not sure he's ever gotten anybody out yet. I have to check the other books <laughs> on that. But lo and behold, he comes into a one run game the other night. And well, I'm like, all right. Well. We did. We did learn why, because Connor yeah. Brogdon was placed on the IL because uh, so basically with Brogdon being hurt. And I, and I, I did tweet that like we right. once we knew that Brogdon was hurt, it was like, well, that explains why De Los Santos pitched, because in that game, he was going to have to pitch some inning, whether it was the middle innings or the late innings. Right. So I guess if you're going to need if you need him for an inning, you got to use him for the middle innings. But the Phillies came back and won. So that's. So that's a, that's a good thing here. All right. So, but that is just, one thing that can't be cured by the trade deadline. And one thing we talked about in the second half, can they be for real? It's the, the, the injuries that are always unpredictable. We could say yeah. maybe they'll play better defense. They haven't really yet, but maybe they'll play better defense. Maybe they'll get better back end bullpen, but can they stay healthy? And then you mentioned falter, then Brogdon. And of course, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, in the knee, it's like, Oh, every time you want to feel good, and there's still, you know, plenty of reasons to feel at least good enough about the division. Um, but you just wonder what's what's around the next corner from an injury or a COVID list standpoint. Right. So, yeah, about a week ago or so, Mike Gill asked me to predict where the Phillies would be after the Mets series this next weekend. And I I predicted that the Phillies would be in first place. Now, that was before the Eflin and McCutcheon injuries came out to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 is very much a setback, I would say, uh, and and really makes you worry because right now, you can't add anything, right? I mean that that's that's the shame of this early trade deadline. This is the first year we're getting to see it function and and all it's what it's supposed to be, but you can't make waiver deals. So someone's either got to be released and you sign them, mm-hmm. or you claim them on waivers. Which which by the way. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I kind of think that some teams that are out of it what might put people on waivers just hoping somebody else takes the money. I would not be <laughs> shocked if that happens. You never maybe know. the Phillies would be in a position to take somebody if that happens there. So so that, that'll be something worth watching uh, down the line. But 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 yeah, it's true. You can't really add anybody. So then so then your outfield options, you know, I wonder when Mickey Moniak will get a shot again You know, to, to talk Andrew McCutcheon for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he's back soon. The good news is it wasn't I, you know, when, when it happened, I thought, oh, no, here we go. Uh, I thought he'd be out for a while, but right. um, looks, looks like there is some hope. But uh, but somebody's got to play left field. I can't stand watching Oduble Herrera do it. Uh, so already lost his center. I tweeted this a while ago. He's, he's seemingly lost his center field job to uh, to to the platoon of Luke Williams <laughs> and Travis Jankowski. Right. But, uh, but you can't have him left field, right? I mean, I mean, Mickey Moniak, who was hitting the cover off the ball in, in AAA, it seems like now might be the time to give him a shot at left field and bat him eighth. What do you think? I mean, I don't know what your options are, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you're down to the – I mean, when you already have your center field being patrolled by Travis Jankowski and, um, and Luke Williams, then what are you doing for left field? You know what I'm saying? Unless you just bite the bullet and continue to play Oduble there and try to put that rotation – at left, so it's too bad Brad yeah. Miller can't play the outfield. Well, you know what? I, been nice. Honestly, I would throw him in left before. I was think I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You know, 
They've done it before and did, didn't have the best results in terms the of fielding, is, Yeah, but... you're so bad defensively in the outfield all year anyway, and now you're going to put a guy who's not a natural well, outfielder out there. Well, Jankowski is a really good outfit. By the way, did you know like when he was coming up, the, the, the nickname for Jankowski was the Minister of Defense? I did not. <laughs> they called him that. That's a rough one to have in this city uh, when you're Travis Jankowski. <laughs> yeah, well. But that's a... catchy me the other night in center field where he went yeah. down on a knee and kind of plucked it at his ankles. I was yeah, like, so... okay. So if, right. he can, if he can channel a little Gary Maddox there, right? I mean, I know that was, uh, of course, right. they, they throw all kinds of lofty expectations on somebody as a rookie, right? So, yep. but uh, I can live with him in center, but you got to see something. Mickey Moniak in the month of July uh, down at Lehigh Valley. Very, very, very strong month. Uh, let's see here. Of course, I'm 342, uh, four home runs, 19 RBI in one month. So that's good. That's good. Is, are the strikeouts down to me? That That would be the big key for him. Yeah, let me take a little bit. Sorry, I didn't. Of course, I didn't look at that while Come I was. Come on, uh, Frank. That's the big one. That's the big number. Yeah, let's see. In the month of July, his, he struck out 18 times for the entire month. So well, I suppose that's it's better it's, than when he was up for the first time here. Yeah. I mean, he had 28 in June uh, down at AAA and 26 mm-hmm. in May. So so he's getting better. 20. Yeah. 26 in May. So um, it's probably the time to give him a shot. Right. If if if. You're at the point where you're you're going to be without Kutch for a little while, you know. Especially if Moniak can bat eighth, you know, it seems like the a good time to see if if he can help you right out. Because I I thought he would be the type of player traded at this deadline, mm-hmm. and uh, Phillies Phillies still have him. So, um, what the heck? I mean, you really need to figure out next year, uh, for him. Right. So might as well use him while you have an opening. But at any rate, uh, yeah. so. But no, so he, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if they experimented a little bit with Brad Miller at, out there to see if he can handle it. Yeah, and hopefully McCutcheon gets back because he really kind of carried them for a while, and, and yes. uh, it, it felt like vintage Kutch out there. And there's a shame that too he got hurt in Pittsburgh because he kind of had his little return to where he came from. And yep, uh, fans, fans, a lot of fans went out to see him, <laughs> and <laughs> what do you know, he gets hurt unfortunately. So. Yep. All right. So uh, so then let's talk a little bit then about uh, closer. Then we didn't really get into uh, Ian Kennedy yet. So um, Ian Kennedy, uh, again, up there in years, but he kind of found new life as a reliever uh, for, for he did have some really nice years as a starter, by the way. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, he was once traded in the trade for Max Scherzer. Uh, so <sighs> unbelievable. Um so yeah, that was that was a three-way deal, right? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, just off the top of my head, but I, uh, I remember he led the NL in wins one year and with the, with Arizona, he was pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah, he was. He he really was. He was a very very nice starter at some time. So yeah, he was 21 and four with a 288 ERA right back in 2011. Right. So then, yep. uh, uh, let me pull up this transactions. I I swear he was part of that Scherzer trade, right? So, um. Of course, I'm not going to find it now that I'm looking <laughs> on the fly, right? So, oh, of course. Oh, wait. Thanks a lot, MLB.com. Latest transactions. So oh. uh, they, 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 they only go back to a couple of years. But anyway, but Ian Kennedy sort of reinvented himself as a closer. Um, his first couple outings were, didn't go totally swimmingly uh, with the Phillies. So right. the first day they kind of bring him up. I, I guess I get why. They kind of brought him in in a mop-up role because he was uh, – I guess the goal was to get him acclimated to JT Real Muto, right? I mean, the fact that Real Muto was in that blowout game, uh, he comes in, yeah, it get, gets kicked around a little bit. Okay. And then the next day, he gets up a two-run home run uh, with a four-run lead, which I don't know. I, 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 I prefer a guy that goes after hitters when you have a lead like that. 
you know, kind of like if you if you give up a home run, you give up a home run. Right. Uh, but um, but what are your what are your initial thoughts on on Kennedy so far? You know, I don't know why I want to give him more of the benefit of the doubt than anybody else, because he's really only been a successful closer one year, which was two years ago uh, last year. Again, COVID year, everybody had weird roles, but he had 16 saves this year. You know, and to me that it almost automatically makes him a little bit better of an option than who the 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 Phillies were throwing out there. I, look, I liked Ranger Suarez. You know, you and I both know we we like Ranger Suarez. I, I do not like him as a closer. I had no problem with him being the closer for a little while there because they needed somebody, and Hector was blowing games left and right. Uh, and he is he's the type of guy who has the closer mentality. Rangers Suarez, but not necessarily the closer arsenal that you're looking for. You really need a guy who throws some some good hard stuff and has a variety of breaking balls if you can, work off the fastball, and just get guys out eat quickly and easily and not put runners on base. So I feel like Kennedy is better suited for that role right now. And, of course, Ranger can help you in the rotation if he can do that. So I feel like the pieces work better now. Um, and you still have Bradley. I feel like – I'm sorry, you still have Alvarado um, – you know, to try to help you get some outs in between. I really, I got one, two, three last I night. So wish not just because of this, but I, I never really liked the rule where a reliever has to face three batters. Yeah. I mean, I, I never hated the left-handed specialist thing that a lot of people did, but Alvarado should just be a left-handed specialist. He's, he's really, sometimes you get to the point where he's facing three or four batters and he starts to walk the, walk the, uh, you know, the group again and put guys on base and, if he doesn't get a, enough movement on a fastball and hangs it, it's going to go out because of the torque he provides. It's going to go out, out of the yard. I just would rather see him limited to uh, one or two batters, but we're not in that world anymore. Yeah. You know, by the way, I think that rule's stupid because you'll see that uh, the pitcher comes in. If you know, in a few pitches in that he doesn't have it, you have to suffer through him for three yes. batters. And then guess what? The next guy comes in with runners on base. Yeah. Sometimes they score. It ends up being way, way, way longer than if you just let the guy leave the game after a batter. And I, I don't know. But anyway, right. I digress. But but by the way, just just to get it straight. So so Kennedy uh, back back in the day, he uh, with he was the Yankee. Then they traded him to the Diamondbacks for uh, along with Phil Coke and Austin Jackson to wow. get Curtis Granderson. So that was quite the return from the Yankees uh, that 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 uh, that they got. Yeah. And then he was uh, flipped to Arizona for Max Scherzer. So correct. Um, right. Now quite the that. quite the uh, quite the big names in that trade that that was two components there. So but but yeah, once traded for Max Scherzer, the, they're both traded at the trade deadline this year. Mm -hmm. So so. All right. So now looking ahead. So the the schedule. The schedule's so much easier for the Phillies. A lot of people were saying the the New York Mets, would you believe in August, they have 10 games in a row against the Dodgers and Giants where they face nothing but the Dodgers and Giants. Uh, Phillies do have to face the Dodgers, but I got to ask the question, right? Because the Phillies, they fall flat against the Pirates and lose that series. Will the Phillies be able to capitalize on the Mets facing some bad teams? I mean, some good teams while the Phillies face some lesser teams. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, the Phillies still have to win their games. You know, the Mets could lose eight of 10, but, you know, can the Phillies then win eight of 10 uh, or, you know, whatever the math is that would have to have them usurp the Mets? I mean, the Mets obviously are getting bad 
injury stuff with, with DeGrom being out. They did trade for Javi Baez. So I thought that was a pretty bold yeah. move for them. And that, that, you know, that showed you they were, you know, with Steve Cohen in charge that they're, they're going to make more competitive moves. And, he, you know, Baez, I know he's not having a great year from a batting average and OBP standpoint, but man, do you remember that series in Chicago the Phillies had where even though the Phillies won all, I think what, they won two or three or three or three, but he, three he had four. about five home runs in that series, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's just, he's a dangerous player. And if he and Lindor get hot at the same time, the Mets could win a lot. And, and along with Alonzo and McNeil, they could win some games. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to count the Mets out, but they certainly have not played good baseball for about a month now. So they're leaving the door open for the Phillies to come and, and take over. Hey, you know what? They were already down Syndergaard when the season started, but then they, you know, David Peterson, IL, right? He was in the rotation trying to try to help them out. Joey Lucchese, IL, both on the 60 day. Now, Jacob deGrom, IL, Robert Gesellman, IL. Uh, So, so that feeling, we know what that's like. They were so desperate. Maybe you even, you probably forget it, but Robert stock was cut from the Phillies last spring. Uh, Robert stock comes up, starts a game and then ends up on the IL. So like the, the Mets have had no luck whatsoever. Taiwan Walker starting to falter a little bit, you know, after being so, so good and come back to the pack. Yeah. Being, being an all-star. So, uh, you know, that that's, that's really uncomfortable because they have Marcus Stroman and that's about it. Now the Phillies will, will face Stroman on Friday. Uh, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's a little, little, uh, I, I feel a little uneasy if I'm a Mets fan, right? Cause while they, while they added Baez, I thought they needed to add some pitching depth. The Phillies added more pitching depth than they did, you yeah. know, and, and, and with, uh, unfortunately with, uh, yeah, they added rich Hill. Right. So, and I think I joked right. that he was rich over the Hill, but, um, <laughs> But Look, I know a lot of Mets fans. They're uneasy when they have a 10 game lead in the division. So a one and a half to the game lead or whatever it is, you know that they're they're very uneasy. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens with Rich Hill right. uh, so far with the Mets, six, three, zero ERA. And of course, limited action. But but I, I thought that the, the uh, Mets needed to do some more there. So mm-hmm. now one more thing before we, we finish the Braves, they, they acquired an entire outfield. <laughs> they, they turned over their entire starting outfield. Is that enough to get the Braves back on track? You know, and I'm always scared when the Braves do something. Like Jorge Soler was having one of the worst years you can have, considering how good he had been the last few years, at least hitting home runs especially. But his on-base percentage was up. He was striking out a little less. I mean, he was looking like uh, two years ago, I think, he had an incredible year, 40 home runs, if I'm not mistaken. This year, I mean, he completely bottomed out. I don't know what his numbers were like before the trade, like a week or two before, if he was starting to hit the ball better or not. But I can completely see him going to Atlanta and just having a resurgence a little bit, providing some power there. So that when I saw that move, I thought that that's a typical Braves move where you get where you yeah you buy low and you know low risk potentially high reward there. Who else? they added another guy who uh, Adam Duvall. Other, yeah, Duvall. He's always kind of yeah, like and a Peterson pesky, before that. So yeah, like pesky they... guy with power and Peterson. Yeah, so they've done them to, to what they've needed to try. To compete their pitching isn't very good though frank it hasn't been yeah that good all year long so and you know with acuna out they just don't have a guy who like just keeps you up at night you know like oh my god how am i gonna get this guy out yeah jorge soler 192 with the royals mario oh. mendoza soler <laughs> but he's five for 11 with the Braves so far so which is which is a little crazy all right so closing words so are the phillies gonna overtake the mets this week not this week, but I think they eventually will. Okay. I think the Phillies take two out of three from the Mets. 
and that'll do it. The Phillies will be in first place. That's that's my opinion. But hey, we'll fight about it on the next episode. Any more, <laughs> any more, any more COVID issues? I just don't think they could take any more of those. But but we shall see. But Jeff, good talking baseball with you again. We'll do it again soon. But for the Powder Blue Podcast, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you next time. 